morning, New Life Church. How's everybody? Good. You guys glad to be together as the church body this morning? Amen. At least half of you are. That's good. The other half, we're going to keep praying for you, believing you'll turn the corner and join us. <laughs> it is, uh, it's a good day. It's a good day. Um, let me invite you to open your Bibles with me this morning to uh, two passages, Isaiah chapter 60, Isaiah chapter 60 and 1 Timothy chapter 1. I know if you have smartphones, you can't go two places at once, so, but if you have your actual Bible, you can do that and hold it. But we're going to first look at Isaiah 60, then we'll flip over to um, 1 Timothy 1. As you heard uh, Mariah make mention of in the announcements, uh, right in the middle of our 14 days of prayer, and uh, how many of you have been taking advantage of following along with the devotions on our website? A lot? Quite a few of you. Good. That's good to see. Uh, I just continue to encourage you in that. Continue to make time to pray every day. Um, the challenge in this 14 days of prayer is to, is to get along with God for 14 minutes a day, and we will conclude that um, this prayer time, this prayer uh, focus of prayer as a church this Saturday uh, with corporate prayer at 10 a.m. And uh, make mention again, we'd love to see as many of you as possible join us this Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. We pray, and uh, it's for one hour. And if you can do that, we would. I, I just believe it would make a big difference And um, when we come together. And if you physically can't get here, wherever you're at, if you would take that time. And, and pray during that hour together as we uh, come together as a church. Well, listen, I, I've got a message I'm, I'm preaching today. It's got one of those messages that's in between a series. Finished up a series last week called Straight Out of Bethlehem. Anybody get anything good out of the, out of the teachings over those few weeks? Uh, two people did. Awesome. I'll try to get better uh, at that. Um, I, I try not to disappoint you. Uh, but we're, um, so we're in between today. We're actually going to be starting a, uh, a new series next week. Today's message I'm calling Recall the Prophetic. Recall the Prophetic. And we're going to be looking at what has God said to us this year as New Life Church. But next week we're going to be starting a new series. It's going to be called A New Season, A New Soul. A New Season, A New Soul. And we're going to be looking at the Word of God and how... It describes our life that we're called to live from the inside out. Called from, to live from the inside out. It's about developing and having a healthy soul. A healthy soul. Because a healthy soul really leads to a deeply satisfied faith. When your soul is at peace, when you know your soul is healthy, all right, then it leads to a, a, a satisfaction that only God can bring. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what our soul is. We're going to talk about what our souls really need. And we're going to talk about how God wants to restore our souls so that we can live our life to truly glorify Him in our lifetime. I don't know about you, but I would dare to imagine to believe that most of us, if not all of us, would like it to be said when we die that they lived to glorify God. Amen? And it all comes from inside. It has nothing to do with our external stuff. It's all about the inside that matters. 
we're starting um, this week. We're entering into a new season, naturally. Falls, first day of fall is this coming Wednesday. Anybody excited about the first day of fall? Uh, yeah. More of you excited about that than praying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, that was a setup. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I set that up on you. I, I, forgive me. Forgive me on that. But yeah, we are entering a new season this, this week, uh, uh, naturally. The 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that first comes the natural, then comes the supernatural. And just as we are entering into a new season naturally, I also believe spiritually we are entering into a new season. Last week, Pastor Prentice prophesied that the Lord was wiping our slates clean and that a new season was upon us. Amen? I don't know about you, but I sure like having my slate wiped clean. And even hinted in that today in his uh, exhortation to us this morning that God is in the process and in the, in the position, always is, but there are certain peaks seasonally where there is, an emph- there, was, there is an emphasis on God supernaturally wiping our slates clean. And it's not just about physical natural debts, but it's about the debts that we collect in our souls, And that that's where we are. And that is the season that you and I as a church, we're about to really literally step into. And I believe, I'm believing that it's not going to be one of those things where you have to work at it. You know, the Bible says in Psalms to just cease striving and know that He is God. That if we just let our hands loose and say, you know what, I don't want to be in control anymore. God, just do your thing in my life. That's the kind of season I believe we're about to enter into. And before we enter into this new season, this week I was praying about this week and what the Lord would have me to share on today. I just didn't feel released to start the new series that we're going to start next week until next week. And so I was planning on starting it actually about three or four weeks ago. And... The Lord just wouldn't let me start it. And so he kept putting things on me about the last series of messages. I had planned planned to teach that in two weeks. As you can tell, it didn't happen, as you know. And so I thought, well, I'm going to start this series today. And he just wouldn't let me. He said, just, I didn't have peace about it. And so I said, wait. So he brought my attention back to some things that I'm going to share with you today that before we enter into this new season, that in my spirit I felt impressed that we need to revisit the prophetic words that the Lord has shared and has spoken to us as a church this year, okay? That we're going to look at a few things in the scriptures. We're also going to look at some prophetic words that have been shared with, uh, into our church over this year, okay? And we're going to talk about why that's important and all that's said. So the question for us today is this, is what has God said to us as New Life Church? With that question in mind, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God, I thank you today for calling us out and enabling us to be able to be here together Lord, I I know many are physically tired. 
Some are emotionally drained. But right now, Lord, we are gathered together in your presence. And you say where your presence is, where your spirit is, there is freedom. So we invoke that freedom now in our life. As we open your word, may you speak to our hearts. Give us ears to listen. Give us a mind to understand. May our, our spirits come alive with the revelation of your word that you're going to share with us today. And Lord, as I speak, as I teach and preach, I ask that you, I ask that you would guide my thoughts, Lord. I ask that you would guard my heart and not let me preach through physical mental things that might go on. So govern my words and let me speak the words of life that come from heaven, that come from your heart. And may they penetrate all of our souls today. Lord, bless our children who are in their in new life kids and in preschool and nursery right now thank you lord for these volunteers these workers today who have prepared their lessons to teach our children lord so as moms and dads we can be in here so bless them today special blessing on our children and our children's workers we thank you now in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. So the question is, what has God said to us this year as New Life Church? Well, we started the year off, as we always do. I like to start the year off with a theme. I pray about a theme from the Lord about our church, about our year. And our theme this year is a new life, or excuse me, a new year, a new life, a new year, a new life. And it's been a while since I've sprinkled that into anything I've said. And our verse for the year is where we're going to start at today, Isaiah 60. Let's look at that, Isaiah 60. So we're going to look at what God has said to us this year. First of all, scripturally, our theme verse, Isaiah 60. It's going to be on the screen as well. Uh, for the theme verse, I chose the amplified version. Let's look at this. Isaiah is prophesying. He's pronouncing God's purpose for his people and it gives this description to, for, for God's people to have a new beginning and a new season and a new life. And here's what part of it means. He says, first of all, arise. Can everybody say arise? Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. So the very first thing Isaiah says that the Lord has him say is to rise from situations and circumstances that pull you down. There's no doubt if we took a survey, we could list off a few things of, of things in our life that try and actually sometimes succeed at pulling us down, right? Stuff happens and life happens and things pull us down, but the Lord through Isaiah says, I'm giving you a brand new start, a new season and a new life a whole new year, and so what I'm asking you, what I'm telling you to do is if you want it, then you've got to choose to come up to it. Amen? Too many times we want God to bring everything down to us, 
We want him to meet us, but we're not always willing to go and meet him. And right here, right off the bat, he says, rise from the stuff that pulls you down. And I know many of us, we struggle with that. We're like, well, it's not that I don't want to or that I don't, have, I don't try or I don't have the desire to rise. It's just that I find myself not being able to do that. Okay? But it says nothing about desire or ability. It simply says rise, arise. It's an inward decision, a heart matter, a choice, a faith matter that you and I must make in our life. Then he says, secondly, he says, then after arising, he says, shine. Can you say shine? He said, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, to shine with God's glory on our life. So we arise, and then God says to shine, that my glory will shine in your life. My presence will be real and prevalent and visible and expressive in your life. Moses told the Lord, he said, when he was preparing the people to leave Egypt, he said, Lord, we can go, but I don't want to go unless I know that you go with us. Friends, that should be our aim. That should be our desire every year and every day of our life is that, hey, God, I don't want to proceed. I don't want to move forward. I don't want to go about life unless I know that your presence is with me. Now, I know God is, is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But there is this, this special manifest presence of God that he has on, our, on believers and in believers' lives. Okay? The Holy Spirit. And, it, and if we don't acknowledge the Lord, the proverb says acknowledge him in all your ways and don't lean on your own understanding, and he will lead you and he will guide you. You see, having God's presence with us is first of all acknowledging that he's here. And if we, then when we acknowledge that he's with us, then we can live appreciative with the fact and assured of the fact that God will go with us. Amen? He says shine with God's glory on your life. Then he says on down a couple more verses, he says, and his glory will be seen on you. God wants his glory to be seen on our life. He wants people in our world, people on our planet, people that we work with, the people we live with, the people we play with, the people we go to school with, people that are strangers everywhere. He, God's desire is that people will see his glory, his presence truly in, a, in our life. And I can honestly say there are days where I don't really feel that God's presence is that strong in my life. There are moments, there are seasons in my life where I, I feel like I let my flesh get the best of me. I let the, my emotions get the best of me. I don't seek the Lord enough. I don't read the Bible enough. I, don't, I, don't, I disengage from relationships that I know I shouldn't disengage from that are good for me. And, I, and so when I get into that motion, when I kind of get into that, I start to sense, well, man, there's no way people are going to see Jesus in me today. Or I lay my head on my pillow and think, man, I don't really think anybody saw Jesus in my life today. Anybody ever been there? It happens. But he says, look, I want people to see me in you. But then he says this. He says, and people, nations, shall come to your light. In other words, God wants people to be drawn to his presence in our life. God wants people to see that Jesus really is in his people. Amen? So he says, I'm, he's talk, Isaiah's talking about a whole new life, a whole new season, 
a whole new beginning. Arise, shine. God's evident. God is visible. God is expressible in our life. And then he says this down near the end. He says, your heart shall thrill and tremble with joy. Your heart, your heart will beat with the passion of God and for God. Church, I think it's fair to say that we need more passion for Jesus. We get lax, right? We lose, uh, we lose our focus at times. We get busy at times. We start to, our perceptions get get uh, kind of hazy, and we don't always see situations or see people the way that we should see them. We start to look through them through our carnal eyes, and we start to hear things with our carnal ears, and we don't always see and take note and, and visualize life from God's viewpoint. But he says, when you arise and you shine and you let my light and my life and my glory come in you and fill you, then your heart will beat with passion for me. I want more passion for Jesus. Even on my best day, when sin has no room in my life, when there, I don't talk about anybody, I don't think about a bad thought, I don't gesture anybody wrong or anything like that, I pray more than I ever prayed, I still want more passion for Jesus. Amen? And he says, this will happen. Your heart will beat. You know what, you know what, causes your your heart to beat with passion. We know the things in our life that that makes our heart go pitter patter, right? Jesus is the one who wants to make that happen more than anything and more than anyone in this world, right? A couple of us get it. And then he says, lastly, and your heart will be enlarged. Your heart will grow. Your heart will make room for more of God and more of God's love. We can, we can all stand to have more of God's love in our heart, right? Yeah, every single one of us, we can stand to have more of Christ's love, agape, unconditional love in our hearts. And he says, when you turn to me and you face me and you rise up to me, then I'm going to fill your life and I'm going to make my love grow inside of your heart. You got anybody that you just have trouble with? You got anybody that you just have issue with, that means we need more of Christ's love. And the only way that's going to happen is not to wring their necks. The only way that happens is when we turn to Jesus, right? Just good old-fashioned Bible preaching right here. That's all it is. It's never changed. Turn to Jesus, he turns our life around, right? Pastor, tell me something I don't know. Well, maybe I will when we actually get this down, right? And the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that this is going to be going on until Jesus comes back. So chances are, I'm not going to really tell you a whole lot. You probably don't know. I'm just going to try to t- admonish you in it, encourage you in it, inspire you in it, and hopefully I can do it too, right? So he tells us all these things. And so that was the scripture of our, that's our theme verse for this year, Isaiah 60. I wanted to remind you of that as we are now nine months into this year. Almost nine months finished with this year. A lot has happened in, in your life. A lot has happened in our church life over these first nine months of the year. I was thinking about that and thinking about some of you. Several of you have had surgeries, and you, some of you are in physical rehabilitation, or you have some loved ones that are in that position. They've kind of gone through it. Some of you have had to go through some medical tests and procedures because the doctors thought some things might have been wrong with you. And you come out on the other side and got good reports. I've heard various good reports about different ones. Praise God. 
But nonetheless, it's something you had to kind of, you had to go through. Some of you have had loved ones move in with you. Others, you've had loved ones move out of your house. Several of you have had to bury loved ones this year. To my knowledge, I know of eight of you, eight families so far this year that's had to bury loved ones. It's almost one family a month in our church has had to bury a loved one. And there might be more, I just didn't hear about it. So a lot of grieving going on, but also a lot of God's grace and comfort being expressed through the body of Christ. Some of you have had job changes this year, right? Some of you had promotions. Some of you changed positions. Some of you changed companies. Different things like that has gone on. A lot of changes in nine months. Some of you have changed houses. You don't even live where you used to live. And if that's the case, please let us know as your church so we can keep up with you. We get mail back from some of you still today because you haven't told us you moved. All right? I get if you're trying to avoid the bill collector, okay? Just be honest with your church and let us know where you're at, where you stay. All right, where you live. All right? Okay? Okay. Uh, some of you are like, I'm not saying okay, because then you'll know it's me. <laughs> some of you have had some family trials this year. Things have been a little difficult for you, your kids, loved ones. Some of you have celebrated graduations this year. Celebrated good things. Some of you celebrated weddings this year, which is awesome. Hopefully. And a lot of you have experienced firsthand God's hand of provision, healing, and favor on your life, right? How many of you have been in that boat this year? That's a good place to raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. And as a church, wow, we even changed our name this year. So we've had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of in-betweens, and here's the thing about that. Nine months in, into this new year, and as I said, about to enter into a new season naturally as well as, I believe, spiritually for us, that through the ups and downs and the in-betweens, here's the thing about that is this, is we can tend to forget what God has said to us because we can forget through all the ups and downs and in-betweens, and we can allow those ups, downs, and in-betweens to be the louder thing in our life the most visible thing in our life, more so than what God has spoken to us in our life this year. Amen? So we're going we're gonna to visit that real quickly. So the question again, what has God said to us as New Life Church? We're going to look at the prophetic words here in a minute. We're going to look at those. The prophetic, the prophetic pronouncement, when it comes forth, that is God pronouncing His purposes for our life. And so it's important that we give ear to those things, and it's important that we not forget, but we remember those things. Early on in my, in my Christian faith, I would hear prophetic things, and I, sometimes I would write some things down. But then a lot of time, I went through, I remember going through a span of time where I didn't write any of that stuff down. I was like, God, if you want me to remember it, I'll just remember it. That was naivety on my part, immaturity on my part. Because the Lord would be like, well, I want you to remember, but you're probably going to need to write it down because you don't remember stuff you don't write down. And it kind of took a while to, for that to hit me. And so I started writing more, more things down, and I go back and review them as often as the Holy Spirit prods me to do so. 
Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is why it's important to remember the prophetic. Remember what God has said. Okay? This is, this is a big reason why right here. We're going to take this verse in context and, 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 and look at it. Paul's admonishing Timothy, a pastor, and he says in verse 18, he says, Timothy, my son, he said, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophetic vo- words that were once made about you, that so by them, by recalling them, you may do three things. You may fight life's battles well. You may hold on to your faith, and you may actually keep a clear conscience, in which some have rejected and so have suffer, suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. So he tells them, Timothy, it's important. I'm telling you this. He said, I'm giving you this command, Timothy. The prophecies that have been spoken over your life, he says, you need to keep with them. To keep with them. You need to retain them in your possession, and you need to maintain your life in accordance with what has actually been spoken to your life. And so when you, when you keep them, when you retain them, and you maintain your life in accordance with them, then you may recall them. To recall them means to simply remember the purposes that God has actually spoken that he wants to do in your life. I believe there's people in here today that God has spoken things 25, 30 years ago that have, that, that have not come to pass yet. doesn't mean they're not going to. It just means that perhaps you've forgotten them. Perhaps you don't remember them, or perhaps it's just not the time yet. It's just not the time yet. I remember when I was, I don't know how old I was. I wasn't that old. I was 19, 18, 19, fresh out of high school in Bible college, trying to pursue the Lord and ministry and what he wanted. And I remember one of our elders at our church at that time, he, he, I was down at the altar seemed like I spent a whole lot of time at the altar during that, those periods of time. Uh, but the Lord uh, spoke through him to me, and he said this. He said, I remember, he said a lot, but this one thing has always stuck with me. And he said, the Lord says, you have a heart like David, a shepherd's heart. And he says, he's going to make you to be a pastor of pastors. You know, it said it, it stuck with me all these years. But it's unique that as you live a little little bit and you get a little bit more experience and you go through a little few things, you start to gain understanding and perspective about words that you heard and got and received years and years and years ago. They start to have a little more profound meaning and understanding. I never have forgotten that. Say, remember what God has spoken. Remember, that's a purpose that God wants to bring in your life. Some of us are holding our own purposes in hijack and hostage because we have forgotten what God has said. And this is a day that I believe by the Spirit, God's going to allow us to remember a few things. He's going to allow us to remember a few things. And I would... It would behoove you to actually write it down when the Lord prompts on it, when he moves on your heart today, okay? So I hope you got a pen, or at least you got your phone where you can type it in. He says, when you keep the prophecies, you maintain your life in accordance with them, then you can recall them. You can remember the purposes God wants to do in your life so that these three things can happen. One, you can fight, the, you can fight life's battles well. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want to lose at, at life's battles. I don't want life's battles to overtake me, right? We just got through with a whole series having an overcoming spirit. I, I want you, I, at least I want my life and the, and the church I pastor and the family I lead, I want us to live as overcomers. I don't want life's battles to take us. I want, we're called to overcome life's battles, right? But you, part of that is remember what God has said to you. Amen? Remember what he has said to you. You guys awake with me this morning? So fighting the battles well. That enables us to stand firm in his name, in the name of the Lord, in his power and his promise, but it also allows us to stand firm in his armor and his covering, in his shelter and his shadow. God taking care of us and God giving us power. God giving us the ability to walk in strength and victory. Amen? I don't know about you, but is anybody drawn to a weak Christian? That's not the kind of Christian you want to be like, I want to be best friends with you because I want to know how, how terribly weak you are because I want to be like you. No, we're drawn to those who are often stronger than us, and oftentimes we're intimidated by them, but there's something that we can all gain from them, and that is they've been somewhere, they fought somebody, and they won, or at least they might have lost, but they figured out how to win the next time, and they won. So that can rub off on us, Right? Same with God's words. We remember them. They help us to fight the life's battles. Well, the second thing he said is this. He said, hey, you can also hold on to your faith if you can remember what God has spoken to you. If you recall and remember the purposes that God wants to do in your life, it's going to build your faith. You're not going to give up so easily, right? You're not going to give up so easily. You're not going to loosen your grip. You're going to hold on to it. You're going to keep it firm in your hand. You're going to grasp it and hold it, and no devil in hell and no person on this planet is going to rip it out of you because you're holding on to what God has said to you that he would do. Amen? Some of you have holding on to some promises today that haven't come to pass, but you're holding on to them, and you haven't forgotten them because why? You're believing that God is going to do what God said he's going to do. Amen? So we have to hold on to them. If we, and if we remember them, then we can hold, we can cling, and we can have our faith to believe for greater things and see God come to pass in our life. Then he told him this third thing. He said this. He said, if you keep and you can recall and you can remember the purposes that God has for your life, then here's the thing. You can also keep a clear conscience. Keeping a clear conscience. You can lay your head on your pillow at night at ease and peace, knowing that everything is okay between you and God and you and people as far as you know. See, when you remember and you recall the purposes that God wants to do in your life, here's what happens. It's going to keep you on the straight and narrow. It's going to keep you on the straight and narrow path of righteousness. You're not going to want to detour. You're not going to want to fall for everything that comes along. Now, every now and again, we might get tripped up. We're human. I get that. We're going to fall. We're going to, we're going to make some mistakes. But the Bible says that though a righteous man falls seven times, he shall rise again, meaning he's going to get up more times than he falls. That's a person who knows his purpose is in God, and God has a purpose for his life. We're all going to have our bad days. We're all going to have those moments. But the thing is, we're going to keep getting up. Why? Because we're going to pursue God's purpose. Why? Because we remember, we recall back to what God wants to do with my life. I mean, I'm not going to put myself in a position, in a relationship that's going to screw my life up. Why? Because God says, I've called you to do this and this and this, and here's who I want you to be with. So therefore, it's going to try to keep me on the straight and narrow. Though my heart is prone to wander, and though my flesh wants to fade away, but yet the Spirit of God that's in my life, and I recall and remember the purposes of God, I'm not going to give in. 
though I want to give up, and I'm trusting and believing God to completely heal my hand. As Angelique says, that she's not going to give in to doubts and disbelief and discouragement. Why? Because she knows the purposes of God for her life. She's going to cling to the healing power of God's hand upon her. Amen? So we can keep a clear conscience. We can stay on the path of righteousness if we have and know God's purposes for our life. If we can remember them, we recall them, and we retain them in our heart, and we can remember them and pray over them and believe those things. That just because God said something doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to happen. He's oftentimes looking for people who are actually serious about the pursuit of Him. God can say ten things in here today, and only three of us actually have it and hear it and understand it and walk away with it. God says, I'm, in, in, in Chronicles, he said, my, I, my eyes are looking around this globe. I'm looking, spanning to and fro across the earth, looking for hearts who are loyal to me so that I can strengthen them. So that I can strengthen them. They want to stay in my purpose. Therefore, I'm going to enable them to stay in my purpose for their life. All right? He says, and then Paul finishes it, and he says, hey, there's some people who didn't keep with these prophecies. There's people who don't remember these, the words of what God has said. Therefore, they have shipwrecked their faith and their life. Does anybody want to shipwreck your life? Any takers? Just say, hey, man, I just want to screw my life up, man. I just want to flush it down the drain. Um, I don't want any good to come from me. Uh, I, don't, I, I just want to mess it all up. No, we don't intentionally go that path. We don't wake up thinking that, but oftentimes we find ourselves thinking that and, and feeling that, but that doesn't mean that that is what God wants to see happen. But he said other people have. They have completely forgotten and left what God has said in their life, so therefore they've shipwrecked their faith. Let's look at these in closing. Let's look at these prophetic words that the Lord has said. They're going to be on their screen today so we can follow them. First one is, uh, back in January, Pastor Kent Christmas, when he was here, these are uh, the, some prophetic things that he said to our church and that what God was speaking to us. He said, God is changing the way you think. He said, God is, give, is calling you to possess a war mentality, to fight with God's word and with God's strategies, knowing that your battles are not flesh and blood, but they're spiritual. Here's another one. He said, God is giving us as a church a spirit of hope and joy, and there will be an excitement. Uh, go back. Uh, an excitement about our Sunday gatherings. There's nothing greater. Well, there is a lot of things greater, but there is one thing that's really big, and that is for a pastor when his church is excited about being together. Why? Because we have an expectation that's the next thing. He said, building an expectation of the Spirit of God. That when we come together as the church, when we come together to gather corporately, that we need to come with an expectation that God is going to be here and His presence is going to be special in our time together. Amen? That's why the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. When you get the revelation in your life that when you're together with God's people, together in one place, honoring the Lord and worshiping Him, then His presence fills you and you get edified and encouraged. You get challenged as well, but you get set up to be changed for the good. And then another thing he said is, is God is giving us our voice back, that we will declare with our voice that this will be the best year yet as a church. 
Amen? And some of you that's been with us for a while, that's good news. Amen? This will be our best year as a church. And I want to even take it a step further. As it is for our church, so it will be for you. This will be your best year yet as a person, as a family, as a marriage, as a child, as a kid, whatever. That this will be your best year yet. That the devil is a liar, Miss Betty. He is not going to steal take, and take your health away from you. You're not going to be crimped up in your little room at St. Mary's Manor the rest of your life. God has enabled you to be a voice and to, and to get out and be with people. And so I declare you will not be stuck in there. You will get out and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Amen? Now, he did speak something similar to that early this year, did he not? So you remember that, Miss Betty, and you cling to that. Here's another, he said, new families will come. God said, new families are going to come to our church. Who wants to see new families come to our church and stay? Yeah, that's a good thing. And, it, and you might not sit on this side. We're working on getting our other screen back, by the way. It says, growth will take place. Spiritual growth as well as numerical growth in our church. We will take, it will take place. Let's look at the next slide. God spoke and he said, Life will come forth every week in our gathering, meaning every time we're together as a church, every single week, God's Spirit will be so real. And life, God's life, abundant life, an overcoming life will be evident every time. He said, this will also be a year of rest. Now, about the first few months of this year, it didn't feel like that actually was going to happen. I felt like, God, you said a year of rest. But since July or so, I sensed a shift in the Spirit in my own heart that God was setting that up for us to enter into a year of rest. God will give, us, give Jericho to us what stands in our way, the promises of God, uh, what stands in our way in between the promises of God that through our persistent praise, we will obtain what God has for our life. And for our church, he says, God said to tell, to tell us, ask us, to ask God to enlarge us in his kingdom. Make our faith bigger. And then he, he laid this one out there. He said, we need to believe God for four times the amount of income for the church from last year for the purpose of ministry. And he says, the parameter from heaven guards our church. That's a, that's a good one to remember. Don't find yourself dislocated and isolated from the flock. Because when you do, you remove yourself from the parameter that God has. If it's not going to be this flock, get into another flock where you know you're going to be and you're going to be known. People are going to know you and you're going to get planted and rooted and get in the Word and all that good stuff, all right? But there is a parameter from heaven that guards our church. And then he said there's an open heaven over our sanctuary. Well, this is our sanctuary and so I believe every time we gather together that we can ask God for something and that there's an open heaven that God will meet it and that God will come and visit us when we're together. Let's look at the next slide. Last few points that Pastor Kent made. He said that God is setting us up. We're going to be given premium property and facilities. He said the anointing will drip from the senior leadership down to the worship team and beyond. Praise God. That's something that uh, I can't just pour in a cup and pour over your head. 
That's something as a people you got to want, you got to desire. If you want greater things from God, then you got to really believe for it and ask God for it. And believe me, I, know, I want nothing more than God's power and anointing to come and flow in every single one of our lives. So there will be a revival among our next generation. I want to see all of our kids. I want to see all of our young people. I want to see every single one be a lover and a pursuer and a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't want to see our young people give in to peer pressure. I don't want to see them do things that they'll later regret just because everybody else was doing it and everybody else liked them for doing it. But I want to see some people, young people, stand up boldly and righteously for the kingdom of God and be a passionate pursuer and lover of Jesus. I want to see your kids and your kids and your kids and your kids and my kids, however old they might be, I want to see them all loving on Jesus. That we need to believe for a revival among our next generation. And there's another that says, God will honor those who have been here a long time. Those of you who have been here for a long time, I'm believing. I ask the Lord all the time, honor them. Bless them. Bless them. And there will be a sound of joy to erupt inside of us. A sound of joy amongst this house. Amen? And then he said, lastly, make room for God's presence in your life. Because really when that happens, all the other is possible. That's why Jesus said, don't seek after this and that and all the other, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things, they're going to be added to your life. So the stuff that you worry about, stuff that troubles you, the things that weigh down on you, the surprises You're like, oh, God, what am I going to do with this now? When it rains, it pours, or this happens, or that happens. Have faith, believe. As you make room for God, God's going to make room for stuff to happen in your life. It's not real hard, but it's real hard to do. Amen? And then the second part of the uh, prophecy we're going to look at real quickly came from Pastor Rick in April at our dedication of our new name. He prophesied and declared this in our, in, our, in our midst. He said, the spirit of heaviness will no longer be a part of your countenance, but your countenance will be the glory of the Lord, and you will be known as a people that radiate the glory of Almighty God. That sounds a whole lot like Isaiah 60, does it not? And he and I didn't share about that or talk about that before he came. But that's something the Lord is going to do and is doing, I believe, wants to do in more of our lives that some of us do have. We have a spirit of heaviness on us. And you've tried and you've been wanting to shake it and get rid of it. But I believe the Lord is truly about to do that in your life as we enter into a new season. That oppression and depression and all of that will lift from your countenance. And the glory of the Lord will radiate among you. You'll go to work on Monday and your coworker will be like, dude, you ain't depressed anymore. What's up? You don't look sad anymore. You can say, well, because Jesus really has filled my life. And I ain't kooky, I ain't spooky, and I ain't crazy. I'm just going to tell you, when you love Jesus, he changes your countenance. Amen? Amen? And he says this, he says, I say to you, New Life Church, you are blessed to be God's house. You are a house of salvation. How many of you want to see more people saved in the house of God? 
Amen, I do. I want to see more people saved in the house of God. See, you are a house of forgiveness. How many of you want to experience more forgiveness from, the, from God's throne room? Amen, I do. You are a house of freedom and a house of deliverance. How many of you want to see people set free from stuff that's bound them and the chains need to be snapped and need to be broken off their life? It's going to happen right here, folks. It's going to happen right here as we come together as the house and the family of God. Things are going to shake. Things are going to rattle. Might as well say it. And things are going to roll. You are a house of healing and a house of breakthroughs. I believe there are people here in our church today and people that aren't here today that need healing and breakthroughs in their souls. And I think that's just exactly why God said, sit tight on that series until next week. Because I believe the Lord is going to do some special things. One more slide, I believe. It says, you are a house of provision and you shall not lack. But you will have a sufficiency in everything and an abundance to do every work God will call you to do to fulfill this vision. And it goes on to say and include your own life. What happens in God's house happens in God's people's lives. Amen. It says, I decree and I declare over you that you will not lack in buildings and lands and vehicles and all the resources needed to carry out God's vision And lastly, I think he says, you will be connected to one another supernaturally, and you will all employ God's gift to serve everyone else. That says, hey, we're all going to be givers and owners and participators in God's work through the local church. That we're not going to sit on the fringe, we're not going to sit in the stands, but we're going to be active in the field, and we're going to be receiving the plays, and we're going to be a part of the plays, we're going to be a part of what God is doing in this hour of end-time revival and end-time harvest of souls that God wants to save. He will use you, He will use you, and yeah, He'll even use you, and He'll even use me, and He'll even use you, the quietest to the loudest, the meekest to the boldest. God will use Use us all when we say, God, here I am. I'm pursuing you once and for all. I'm serious about my calling. I'm serious about my purpose. And Lord, forgive me for forgetting what you've said to me. Today, I'm reminded and I will write it and it, let it be written in my own heart that I not forget what you have said unto me. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's get ready to get out of here. Recalling the prophetic. What has God said to us as New Life Church? It's important to remember. It's important to recall. Because what God has said, God really wants to do. He really wants to bring it to pass in your life. And I believe there's some in here today you've doubted. And you've wondered, will God really bring that around in my life? Will God really do that? I believe some of you are holding on to some things God told you when you were just a child. And you're thinking, I have yet to see that come to pass. I have yet to see that actually happen in my life. I've gone this way, that way, and every other way. But here's the thing, you're here today and you're being reminded, God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten your prayers that you've prayed. He has not forgotten the tears that you've shed.
He has not forgotten the secrets that are in your heart that He put there, that He planted there. Because I really do believe there are greater things still to come. This is one of the greatest hours for the church of Jesus Christ. And you and I are a part of that. That the devil has been real and he's tried to steal, kill, and destroy. But friend, Jesus is greater. And he said, take joy and have peace because I have already overcome. And you too will overcome. Life gets hard. Life gets difficult. Life gets challenging. But God's prophetic pronouncement over your life, it outweighs everything. And today God just says, hey, remember what I told you. Remember what I told you. I'm going to do it. Don't give up on me. Don't give up on what I've told you. Don't give up on what you've heard. Don't give up on any of it. Because God says you're entering into a new season. And as you enter into this new season, by His Spirit, He's going to cause things to come to pass. Come on, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Heavenly Father.